Well, hello, everybody, and thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Chuck Federley, president of TEC Direct Media and your host of Media in the Moment. This is our agency podcast that reviews the most exciting things happening in media. And in today's episode, we're talking connected TV, or as we call it in the business, CTV. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, guys. I'm joined by two super people today. Um, I'm going to introduce them. Nate Marshall is a senior media strategist here at TEC Direct Media who helps marketers navigate and invest in digital media. Nate has planned and purchased media for leading music and entertainment clients as well as emerging brands and other agencies that hire TEC to manage their media. So welcome, Nate. Hey, Chuck. It's great to be here, man. And we also have Kim Warren. Kim's an industry professional in TV. In the past, she's worked at one of my favorite network groups in ad sales, um, HGTV and DIY Networks. She's currently a senior account executive at Gamut, which is a subsidiary of Cox Media Group. And she, too, helps advertisers navigate the digital space in and around OTT and CTV. And full disclosure, Kim is someone who we have worked with in the past and, frankly, that's why we wanted to have her on this episode, because we enjoy working with you, Kim, and we appreciate your vast knowledge in the space. So welcome. Thanks, guys. I'm appreciated to be here and certainly have enjoyed working with you, too. Thanks. Well, it's great to have you both. So today, um, let's just break down CTV. There's been a lot of talk about CTV over the last few months, particularly because of the situation we're in. And uh, for those listening, we are recording this in July of 2020 during the COVID pandemic, which is forcing a lot of us to either work from home or stay at home and uh, or remain at home and spend a lot more time at home. And we're just watching more TV, obviously. So that's probably a good thing for those of us that work in and around this space. But I want to let the listeners know really what it is, have a basic understanding of it, but more importantly, how it works and how it might fit into their overall media strategy. So Let's set the table with just a teeny bit of research and maybe some perspective. So Nielsen says the number of people aged two and older in the U.S. with TV households, regular TV households, is estimated at about 307 million. Currently, CTV represents about 195 million users. And by 2022, eMarketer says there will be about 204 million users. So it's definitely catching up and catching up quickly. Other thing to note is by the end of 2020, 59 million households probably won't be reachable via cable or satellite, right? So your traditional means of getting TV and 30% of U.S. households will not even subscribe to traditional paid TV services. So, you know, how are we going to reach those people that do not even subscribe to those traditional services? Well, I think that's probably where CTV comes in. So, Kim, let me throw the first one to you, because CTV is really a subset of OTT. And for goodness sake, there's no shortage of acronyms in the media (laughs) business. But could you kind of set the table for us? There's OTT and then there's CTV that's kind of under that umbrella, correct? Yes, that's correct. And I think it's very common that CTV and OTT almost get lumped together where people will even send requests like OTT slash CTV, where CTV is really part of OTT. So to kind of set the framework for everyone, OTT is basically any video content that you're getting through the internet. 
so it can be seen on CTV, which stands for connected TVs or smart TVs. It can be seen on mobile devices, desktops, or tablets, where when we're talking about CTV, it's, you know, just like the big screen on the wall, connected TVs, smart TVs, very similar to what people are used to for like broadcasts and cable that they've watched traditionally in the past. Exactly. It's like, it's so like I always tell people OTT is not device specific, right? right. It, it mm-hmm. could really be across any of the devices. When we're talking about CTV, for particularly for, for brands and marketers, you know, they say that because they know they want usually, you know, that mm-hmm. big TV experience. They want that particular device. Where do we think, you know, CTV fits in the advertiser's media mix? And I'll, and I'll throw that out to either, you know, to both of you. Maybe, Nate, you could think about that and uh, maybe in some of the projects that you've worked on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at its core, we really do see CTV works best as kind of a complement to some of the other media digital strategies you're working with, as well as your linear TV campaigns. You know, obviously linear TV still has a huge audience to hit, but the great thing about CTV and leveraging some of that high quality video content is you can reach some of those cord cutters that you might not be reaching through that linear TV buy. It really is complementary towards the, the other media you're running where you can reach people you might not be reaching otherwise. Absolutely. Kim, anything to add on that? Yeah, I would agree with what Nate said. I mean, I think when we talk about CTV, we really often do talk about it as a complement. So it's really thinking about when you're going out and reaching an audience, since we know there are so many cord cutters or cord stackers or cord nevers, you know, that if you don't include it as part of that overall media mix, you are going to miss a key part of your audience. But it's not like we're saying just do that, because I think it really is a complement to some other things that you're doing. And, you know, we continue to see a lot of growth. I think like the last statistic I saw was maybe two fifths of weekly, like full episode viewing is happening through streaming. So it's definitely important to have it as part of that overall mix. But I think Nate's got it exactly right that we really look at it as a compliment. Sure. And and Kim, you know, I, I think it also really depends on what kind of audience are you looking to hit? You know, as we briefly discussed, there are a lot of that, you know, people 18 to 34 that really use OTT as kind of their main way of getting some of that premium network content, whether that be through their Roku's, their Fire Sticks, you know, their, their Samsung TVs. So, you know, it, it really starts with what kind of audience are you looking to hit and how can you complement that with the other media you're planning? Absolutely. So that's a good segue into, you know, where have you guys seen in what situations, I guess, have we seen, you know, connected TV fit into a person's plan? You know, why did they choose to use it? You know, OK, there's maybe a particular audience um, that they're trying to reach or expand their reach upon. But are there other situations that, you know, we probably have recommended this medium? Yeah, absolutely. Particularly, you know, as we kind of touched on that targeting, when it comes to OTT, you know, sometimes you have to you have to shift your way of thinking a little bit versus linear TV. You know, with linear TV, you might go buy four to five networks based off some of the programs they have because you know they have a big audience that you can reach. Whereas with CTV, you know, when we're getting in those discussions with why are we going to buy it, we get to know a little bit about their target audience. And, you know, you're really buying the audience wherever they're watching it. You're not buying on a network by network basis. 
you're getting your perfect target audience, whether it be demographic uh, traits, behavioral traits. You know, you, you really want to reach them where they're consuming their content, whatever network that may be. So that's really where those conversations start. Yeah, I would I would say it's so interesting. And Kim, you probably run into this to run into this a lot. Clients come to us and they say, oh, I want to do CTV. And I want to run in this program and this program and this. And yes. start, they think about it like a linear or traditional TV buy, right, which is typically purchased by program or maybe by day part or by uh, that kind of vibe, you know, contextually. But it's been an education for them and for us, you know, to tell them, look, you got to think about this a little differently. Have you run into that? Yeah, I think that happens all the time. I think a key part of OTT is just the education piece, because I think naturally people are shifting towards watching more that way, especially in the past few months. But people like the average consumer isn't thinking about how they're watching a show. Like, am I watching it through a streaming app or am I watching it through a linear subscription they're just watching what they want, consuming the content how they want. So from a buying perspective, it really is sort of shifting the views of how we traditionally have planned for TV, you know, specific shows, specific day parts, because with OTT, it's really about that audience that you're building and setting up your targeting the right way, because it will follow, you know, your audience wherever they're watching. So it takes that guesswork out of trying to guess what the most popular shows would be with that audience or what time of day they would be watching because those ads will be served wherever they are. So education and just kind of shifting the approach to targeting, I think are two key things to success with OTT. Without a doubt. And, you know, for us, we talk a lot about that with clients and let's get into that a little bit more. So, you know, how do we set up a CTV campaign? You know, I've sort of outlined two or three things here that are typical that you'd want to think about. One certainly is the targeting. So let's talk about that. The inventory source, you know, where are we getting this inventory and how is it being served up? And then certainly if it is a CTV campaign, you know, sort of ensuring that most of your impressions are ending up on the device television, on the TV device. Nate, maybe to start with you, what what kind of targeting have you done for clients on CTV? Yeah, absolutely. And and really, it starts with more of the traditional targeting methods you do for any digital buy. You know, it's really not that different versus a programmatic buy or or a social buy. You know, you're going to want to get your your ideal demographics. You're going to want to get your ideal behavioral audiences. So, you know, let's say you have a brand that you're promoting. You know, what kind of behaviors can you get into that audience that are as close as possible to where you know they're going to be in market for that product based off some of their behaviors, whether it be online or offline behaviors, as well as just kind of that overall, you're getting the perfect target audience that, you know, you don't want to get pigeonholed into one specific audience and say, this is all I have. You know, you have to layer on four to five, maybe even more behavioral elements that kind of tell the story of this is kind of the elements that go into our ideal audience based off of their behaviors. Right. And then beyond audience, what are some of the other ones, Kim? I mean, I got to believe geography, obviously, yeah. right, for those local and regional advertisers. Mm -hmm. So you can do geo-targeting, um, like Nate was talking about, you know, once you kind of set up your demo or audience targeting, you can also layer in different types of behavioral targeting. And then there's obviously like content targeting too. So if there are, you know, either you want 
no news or you're wanting all news or no kids. Like there's different ways to set up the content that you're going to be serving those ads on. And then one of the newer things that we've been working with recently, which just kind of still developing in terms of like dynamic serving is weather and like ailment targeting. So we're working with a couple different companies that can provide you data of, you know, if you had somebody who, you know, when it rains, they want to serve this ad, you know, like that sure. data could come into play. So they're still kind of trying to figure out the best way to, to do it real time. Um, But that's something that's kind of new and developing that we've been hearing more about. But yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you can target. And I think the key thing when you're building that target is you, you know, always want to keep in mind scale, because obviously the more layers of targeting you add on, the more limited your scale is going to get. But, you know, going through what your key parameters are for the campaign, there are a lot of different options of ways to set it up so you can really hit that target that you want and, that's the benefit of OTT and CTV, you know, over a regular television campaign is that you can get so much more detailed with your targeting and really kind of cut out some of the, you know, sort of wasted impressions that you might have with some more mass reach type campaigns. So those are, you know, like definitely things that you kind of have to think about, but there's a lot of, a lot of targeting benefits to, to looking into CTV. Is contextual though still maybe, I mean, would you, if I had to rank, you know, the targeting strategies, maybe that's not a fair way to look at it, but contextual still is, I mean, people are always still asking for that, aren't they? Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to think, yeah, definitely people still ask for that because, you know, there are a lot of clients who just have things, you know, they don't want to be in anything that is not brand safe. They don't want to be in content that, you know, in a political year, you kind of have that gamut of like some people who want to lean in fully to that content and get the, get those impressions. And then you have people who want to stay as far away from it as possible. Right. So yeah, so content targeting is definitely one of the things that, you know, we talk about. I know on our OTT offering, one of the um, key selling points that we have is that we do offer brand safe content. So we already go ahead and like block out some of the you know, some content that could be considered questionable, even from some of the great premium partners that we work with. But you right. can go beyond that if you need to. And that's, you know, one of the benefits too, especially if you maybe have a network direct deal, like maybe you've got a bigger deal with a certain like Discovery or Viacom or someone. So you want to add on an additional layer of OTT to get more scale, but you don't want to, you know, already advertise where you already are. So you can, you know, block that so that you're not um, double dipping there. So there's a lot of different ways you can frame that up. And but content for sure is always going to be a key thing that we're going to talk about, because, you know, if you're not in the right places or you're not where the advertiser is comfortable with, then they're not going to want to do it. No, that's a great point. Let's jump to inventory because this is sort of an interesting element to see TV, because, you know, in the old way, buying TV you know, you typically would go to that source, that publisher, that network, uh, that local station, and you knew what you were buying. And uh, they had, you know, inventory, so many commercial breaks an hour or in a program, et cetera, and you were buying those. Now it's sort of flipped around a little bit. So that inventory is housed perhaps on exchanges and there's different levels maybe. I hate to use the word level because I don't want to say one maybe inventory piece is less desirable than another, but maybe it is. Let's talk about inventory. So Nate, what have you run into, you know, when selecting or, or executing a CTV campaign? What are some of the things you think about 
you know, uh, when it comes to inventory. Yeah, well, of course, number one, brand safety is always a concern. You always want to make sure that as far as what inventory is available, you know, what possibilities can we run on that are at least going to be within, you know, a match within our brand or our artist, as well as, you know, how are you accessing that inventory? Depending on if you're if you're buying it maybe through the open exchange or if you're using some of your direct relationships with inventory sources, you know, they may have direct relationships with some of those big networks and publishers to where you may have more access to some of that premium inventory on, let's say, the NBCs, the CBSs of the world that I feel like when clients see, you know, it kind of lights up their eyes. But, you know, it, it also changes depending on, you know, what are your cost parameters? You know, some premium networks are going to be obviously a lot more higher in cost versus others. And as well as, you know, you really still do have to think about the audience you're hitting. Sometimes it's great to see everything went towards an NBC, but, you know, your audience may be watching some of those networks that you may not have heard of before or may be free to use, like maybe your Pluto TVs. You know, they still have that premium content on it, but you kind of have to shift your mindset to think, well, this is where our audience is watching. And since this ultimately is the audience we're looking to hit, I have to step away from that linear TV thought of just wanting to be on some of those premium networks. Sure, sure. Now, Kim, you represent, obviously, you know, inventory sources um, of various kinds. Could you lend a little insight into how people might want to look at that when they're working with CTV? Yeah, I think, Nate, one, one of the things points he made is a great point. And it really is a lot about the access that you have to inventory because different OTT partners that you could work with are going to have, you know, their inventory access set up in different ways. So for Gamut, we have a direct access relationship with the publishers. So because of our association with Cox Media, we have been able to be directly in the publisher ad server. So we get all of our inventory directly from the publishers. And so we own it. You know, it's going to be the higher funnel, higher level premium access. So that's kind of, I think, one of the things you have to think about is sort of what are your goals? Is like, is being in premium content more important? Is price more important? Is one of the, I think, things between program, buying something programmatically and buying something direct access is the level of reporting that you can get. Because obviously when you're working with a direct access par- partner, because it is a one-to-one relationship with the publisher, you get a lot more transparent reporting, which sure. can, you know, I think is very important to a lot of advertisers. Definitely. But if, yeah, but, you know, but if prices, you know, sometimes there are certain situations where programmatic makes sense um, and they're like, you know what, I, I, I just need to get these eyeballs. I don't care as much about where it's airing. So kind of you have to sort of weigh out some of the different, you know, so pros and cons. But I know for us, a big thing really has been making sure that when we are, you know, negotiating our terms with our publisher partners, that we get that transparent reporting, because I feel like with most people, they want to know, you know, where those impressions are running. And it gives you opportunities to optimize campaigns while they're live, too. So you can see, you know, is too much running against one particular publisher or, you know, there are certain times where even some big publishers we've had in the past where, you know, you're airing a lot of impressions on CBS. And for whatever reason, the video completion rates for those are just lower than what you'd expect to see. So you can make those real time real time optimizations to to tweak changes because you that's sort of the advantage of following the audience is you're not having to guess where people are watching, Um, you know, but yeah, so I really think it has a lot to do with the type of access you have. And then again, kind of what Nate said, like, you know, weighing out what are your 
key parameters of those campaigns, what's most important to you. And then you can kind of figure out who's going to be the best fit. I mean, because there's a lot of times with, if it's a bigger CTV campaign, you might be buying both, you know, you might be buying some direct access and some programmatic. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. So we're going to talk about reporting in just a second, because that's a big area for this. There's a lot of things to think about when you do this type of buy um, and advertising. But before we get there, let me let me say this. So, you know, the advertiser, we've we've picked our targeting. We know we've got good inventory. We know most of it's going to be running on the connected TV because that's what we want. Let's talk creative a second here. It's still television. We're doing this because we want this big video experience. So very simply, are are more people still using or are most advertisers still using the, the 15 and the 30? Is that the length of choice? That's still what we see mostly is 15s and 30s. I would say probably 95% of campaigns are probably that. Sometimes, especially now that we are getting into a um, heavier political season, you do start to see some longer lengths. But most of what we see still um, is a 15 or a 30. Got it. All right. So let's talk reporting because that is a big area and that does differentiate a lot of CTV vendors that, you know, you may work with. Maybe, Nate, let me jump over to you. Like you've, you've recently done a few of these campaigns for uh, some of our own clients. What's the reporting and the level of reporting and the specific measurements that you look for when you do a CTV campaign? Absolutely. So really, no matter how you're buying it, no matter how you're accessing that inventory to right off the bat, of course, you're going to need is, of course, you know, are you reaching your total impression goals? So total impressions, as well as your VCR, which is your video completion rate. Essentially, you know, what percentage of the impressions served are fully completed videos? You know, typically we like to see anywhere from 85 to 90 percent plus depending on how you buy it, whether it be through the open exchange or through some of those direct inventory sources, you know, is really going to depend on what kind of VCRs you can expect. But of course, you know, depending again on how you buy it, there's there's other things that you can get on the reporting, such as, you know, what day parts did I run on? Kind of some of those more traditional TV elements as well. What devices did I actually run on? You know, did I run a lot on that actual TV premium experience or was I on a lot of mobile versus PC versus tablet devices? You know, these those are even some things that you can toggle at the beginning of the campaign as well as as you go, you know, making sure that you can you can adjust some of the frequency, perhaps more towards that premium TV experience. And as well as the, the, the one that we really like to report on, as well as obviously what networks did I run on, you know, you, you get a feel for not only what networks were a fit with our audience, but as well as, you know, this is a learning experience. How can we apply this data to see, OK, we had our, our behavioral and, and demographic elements to where we feel like we had our perfect audience. Now we can actually see where the OTT space, you know, where are they consuming that content? This can actually kind of help you inform on some of your future decisions for not only OTT, but your linear TV buys as well. Kim, I bet you have at least one example of that kind of dynamic going on, right? Where you've had an advertiser who maybe have come to you that says, I know where my audience is. This is where they are. You know, and then through a CTV buy, they realize, wow, you know, I didn't realize so much of my target was watching these types of programs or over on this type of network. Yeah, it's interesting to see how the networks, you know, what ends up being like maybe the top 10, especially too when you factor in seasonality, because, you know, sometimes it's like if it's like, I guess, in a more 
typical year, like with sports viewing, you know, like around holiday time where you have a lot of bowl games, you know, you have a lot of women watching more sports because I think they're watching with their families, they're watching with their partners, or you have more family viewing, co-viewing around certain times when people are home more watching together. But it is very interesting because I think a lot of times, you know, people think, you know, I need to just buy these networks even in CTV, and then I'm going to hit my audience, but they're not always watching, you know, the, you know, what you're expecting them to watch, or some random show might start trending. Um, And then I think what we've seen with COVID that I think probably Nate is probably seeing on his end too, is that just more people are watching those free to consumer. Definitely. You know, so we're definitely seeing a ton of growth there, um, which is great because it's all ad supported. They have a lot of great premium content, but it's just, I think things that, you know, the average consumer just maybe didn't know about before they started streaming more, realizing that they have access to all these, you know, sort of backlisted shows from, you know, NBC, ABC, Fox, things like that. Or even I think you've heard a lot about people kind of watching things that are comforting to them during this time. So rewatching like favorite shows. And so we've seen a lot of growth there. So it, it is very hard to predict, which is why you want that level of reporting, you know, you want to be able to see and if it's, a CTV only campaign, you know, the partner that you work with should be able to set your campaign where it's only going to be airing on CTV devices, but the reporting should reflect that. Like you'll be able to see that that actually is happening and you can make changes or optimizations if you're seeing, you know, impressions pop up somewhere they shouldn't. The other good thing I think is it's like the type of OTT that you're buying. I think CTV is typically going to be all FEP. So it's going to be all like the full episode player content, which just lends itself to CTV anyways. But um, if you're doing a combo campaign where you've got, you know, some mobile in there, then you might see some content that is going to be, you know, not all FEP if you're buying that. So just, yeah, the reporting I think is huge because you can get really granular with it now and you can get, you can see it by creative. You can see it by, if it's a, you know, a campaign where you've got specific geos that you're working with or zip coding, you can get, you know, drill it all the way down to those levels and see how the, um, the reporting comes back to you. And I think it's really helpful in terms of like how you approach your next campaign and definitely gives people different perspective on the right ways to target with OTT and probably listen to their agency partners more. <laughs> For sure. No, there's a lot of discovery that we find through these reports. And it can the reporting can be overwhelming, too, for a lot of people. Like, they just don't know what to do with it. They don't yes. know what to do with the findings. Absolutely. And you're right. That's for people like us and, and yourself. Well, to help yeah, and I feel through. like with reporting, we typically will ask because we have, you know, a client-facing dashboard that you can have access to right. where you can pull all this reporting yourself and see it real time when your campaign is live. And not everybody wants that. You know, some people are like, you know what, I'm happy with your weekly summary. And if I need to see more than that, I'll let you know. We always sort of, you know, offer it up, but it can be overwhelming depending on, you know, everything else someone's managing. Yeah. And definitely, I think if it's a client direct situation, I think it can get a little bit more so than, you know, if it's somebody who's working with an agency partner. Excellent. Let's switch to budgeting. Um, This is a very uh, often discussed area amongst ourselves within our agency and our clients because they're trying to figure out how much do they put towards this. And as Nate described before, it's often a complement, obviously, to what they're doing elsewhere, um, what other media channels they're using. But Kim, I'm going to put you on the spot first and Nate, I'll come to you as well. But I want to, you know, let's forget the super large 
advertisers out there. Okay, let's think about maybe a smaller local or regional advertiser that loves television and loves digital media and loves this idea of targeting their audience uh, down to a very uh, granular level. What What is a good size budget for somebody like that who is a B to C, let's say, uh, type of advertiser to start with in this space? Usually when we, so when we have somebody like that would, that would come to us, typically what we would do is if they've got, you know, if they're looking at specific regional markets, like we'll take a look at what the OTT consumption is in those markets. If they are buying linear, we can take a look at what they're spending traditionally, what the OTT consumption is, and then give them like a recommendation of how much of their overall video budget would they want to put into doing a CTV or an OTT campaign? And usually you see that based on what OTT consumption is. There's right. a little variances in some markets that skew a little younger or a little more high tech. But you typically would see that probably like 12 to 15 percent you would want to put towards OTT. And I think it's almost like sometimes when we talk about it, it's like the way you would think about cable like 15 or 20 years ago right. is, you know, shifting you know, because you are sometimes looking at it as, you know, a complement to what else you're already doing, it's shifting some of that money into kind of using that as like an additional day part, if you will. If it's a smaller advertiser, in some cases, they can't afford, you know, traditional TV, but they like that video format and they know that that's important to get their message out. So in that case, you know, sometimes people will actually use CTV and OTT as, you know, a replacement for it, just in the sense that they can't afford to do what they want through the traditional channel. So they are able to find, you know, that key audience through the OTT CTV audience. And that's um, what we're finding a lot of, yeah, frankly. Yeah. I mean, we I have a lot of like advertisers that. that don't, yeah, they just don't have yeah. the big TV budgets anymore, but mm -hmm. they love television. So CTV has actually been able to fill that void. Nate, I mean, you've had a couple recently, I know that you've worked on that probably speak just to that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, typically, you know, a lot of the CTV campaigns we, we're doing, they're not a direct, they're not in play with, with a large linear TV campaign. You know, I, actually, we, we were recently reading a white paper where they were recommending a, a 10 to 1 budget on linear TV versus uh, OTT. So when I first saw that, I thought, wow, that just seems like a really high number. But, you know, given given the just sheer size of the audience still on linear TV, you know, if you've got the budget, I guess that number makes sense. And as Kim touched on, 15 to 20 percent, you know, that's pretty close. But a lot of the time, you know, we're, we're really handling maybe just as small as 10 to 15K budgets just because it's another way for them to extend their reach. And, you know, through that younger audience that they can reach on OTT, you know, you can still get a pretty considerable presence, you know, with that 10 to 15K, even if you don't have a complimentary buy and still really be able to get some saturation in your market, particularly if you're doing, you know, maybe top five DMAs versus just a kind of overall national campaign. Right, right. Now that makes perfect sense. What? Let me let me ask you both, um, Kim. I'll start with you. What are, do you find? Are you finding certain consistent challenges or obstacles that advertisers have with it, with adopting OTT or CTV, or are is it becoming a little bit more, you know? friendly. <laughs> I, th I think it's becoming more friendly. I mean, it's definitely something where, you know, more people are getting educated on it. Because right. um, I think what we kind of touched on earlier, just it's a lot of broadcast buyers who 
are in the space. And I think just within the advertising industry, it was kind of unclear for a while, like, is it digital buyers that are going to buy this or broadcast buyers? And I think as things have shifted to people just looking at a video, it just plays into their overall video strategy and it can change client by client on who's handling, if it's the digital team or the TV team. But I think when it is the TV team, I think the education piece has been important just because it does need to be targeted a little bit differently. I think where you run into some, you know, I guess people having a harder time adopting it, it, I think is when, you know, they have a strategy that's working for them and it's working well and they kind of know I need to start implementing that this into that strategy, but they're just nervous to change things up because they're seeing success with their, you know, traditional campaigns that they've been running for a long time. And then obviously this year in particular, just, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. So people, in some cases it's helped because, you know, you can do it like Nate was saying for less budgets and you are more targeted. So, you know, you can make your money work a little bit harder when you're not spending as much, but I think it's just, you know, the matter of, are they ready to try something new, try a new partner? Um, and I think that's where like attribution studies and measurement studies help because there are a lot of things you can do to show that this money is working for you and how it's working for you. But a lot of that just goes back to that education piece where people know that that's an option for them. Sure. Absolutely. I guess the last question we have for today is really predicting the future. I, you know, I, it, I always love these thoughts because, you know, it's so hard to do. And with media seeming to change every, you know, month, uh, I, I, I hearken back to, you know, remember when we would talk about, oh, it's going to be the year of mobile. This is the year of mobile. And mm-hmm. that went on for several years. You know, I think CTVs, the adoption has gotten, it's just happened a lot faster. What do you both predict is the future for this? This is obviously not going anywhere, but maybe in the short term, in the next, let's say, two to five years, how do you see, um, what is the future for CTV? And we'll start with you, Kim. I think kind of what you said, like the adoption rate has accelerated a lot, you know, just because of what's been happening in 2020 with COVID and people staying home. So I feel like before that we had seen good consistent growth but i think it's probably just the adoption of and and just people shifting to how they're watching has you know really accelerated maybe to where we would have been 18 months from now but we're already there now so i think it's you know how people are shifting and i definitely agree with you it's not going away so i think it you know will be interesting to see how things consolidate you know because you're starting to see like Samsung ads getting more involved in the CTV space. You know, a lot of people are developing different measurement studies to be able to see like what incremental reach are you getting with your CTV campaign over maybe what you're doing in the linear space and what shows are people watching versus what you're buying in linear. So they're really starting to be able to drill down to more information and more data. That's still like a pretty small subset of the overall OTT audience, you know, so, you know, um, so I think as that gets more developed and there's more available, that'll definitely come into play more, but at least for now is is a good directional piece to use. But yeah, I think it's just going to, you know, I think you're going to continue to see more and more people switching to streaming and it'll be interesting to see if it continues to be like as an accord stacker approach or if people are, you know, just full-on switching as more and more live sports mm-hmm. is starting to be available through a lot of those streaming services. Right. Now, Nate, as a guy I know who watches a ton of CTV, 
-hmm. (laughs) What is your prediction for the future? Yeah. And, you know, I think Kim touched on it pretty well. I I really do think as the space becomes more comfortable, as well as, you know, just just people are utilizing it more and the data is kind of there. I do think we'll see more of a consolidation of some of those inventory sources and partners, you know, as it exists right now, as far as your availability to that inventory, I mean, it's pretty fragmented. You can really access it in so many different ways. And I think kind of as the space starts to take shape, I think we'll see that kind of start to consolidate as well as I think there's going to be a little bit more on the buyer side. Um, You know, it'll never be uh, directly akin to linear TV, of course. You just can't compare the digital versus that traditional closed loop system. But I do think there's going to be some more contextual options, you know, maybe a little more levers on the buyer side we can pull to index more towards a network or or an app or or maybe a, a specific CTV device based off, you know, uh, consumer adoption. I think some more of those levers that maybe clients think we have the ability right now and we don't, um, I think those will start to come into play as the space takes shape. Fantastic. Well, I can't thank you both enough for joining me today. This was great. Uh, This was a great episode of Media in the Moment, talking about CTV, all things connected TV, and a little bit of OTT in there. Um, Kim Warren, thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It was great to be with you guys today. Yeah. And, and Nate, great to have you as well. Absolutely. I had a great time, guys. Well, we hope this was helpful. If you want to learn more about Connected TV, as well as any other media channels that we specialize in, you can visit us at tec-direct.com. Don't hesitate to reach out to any of us and ask any questions that you may have. We're happy to discuss. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Media in the Moment.